You're listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. Well, thanks for tuning in. I was going to see how long I could let it go before, <laughs> before people are like, is my phone working? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was still playing the, the other audio. Yeah, I know. So. Well, thanks for tuning in. Episode 109. Wow. Yeah, every time. <laughs> it's just we celebrate that we... You got to celebrate the little things The in little life. victories in life. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. My name is Andrew, and with me as always is Corland. Hello. And he was just getting up to throw his tea bag out. But uh, thanks for tuning in. If you are new to the podcast, like the intro said, we do this roughly every week and talk about uh, different questions relating to the Christian life and the Bible and theology. And a lot of times we'll answer questions that have come in or, you know, each of us will take turns. I should say Cameron's not with us any longer. For He'll, today. For today. He'll be back. <laughs> uh, he's in Edmonton with his family for spring break. Wild. So I think they're actually in Grand Prairie today. But anyways, he'll probably be back next week. And uh, we have two questions today. Now, Corlin, were these questions that were sent in or did, that you just came up with in your yeah, own Yeah, these brain? are questions that were, were, well, not really sent in, but kind of sent in. I don't know. I was having a conversation with someone and they brought up these questions and were like, hey, by the way, I have like a list of questions for you. So they just started like naming questions for <laughs> us and we we talked about them some there but then it was like yeah those are good questions for the podcast so we decided yeah. to or i decided to to still bring them forward for the podcast and and that's how they came about so sweet i'll read the first one yeah go for it so what is a christian perspective on cbd oil and thc are those like um different hdmi cables <laughs> for, do we are we as christians do we use hdmi or yeah we, we, use we use hdmi you gotta have high quality auxiliary yeah. <laughs> i'm just kidding so maybe but all joking aside for people like me who i'm i, I had to look i'm like what's t what is thc you didn't know what thc was i've heard of it but i'm like i don't know what it stands for interesting but they're asking, what is a Christian perspective on CBD oil and THC? So what are those things for the person that doesn't know? Yeah. Okay. So this is where I would 100% suggest that you, uh, as a listener, would look into these things to make sure that uh, you get like the full scope of information. Because believe it or not, I'm not an expert on the marijuana products. Uh, okay. So these are two oils or two products. That derive from the marijuana plant. Yes. And different, different brand, like by branches, I don't just mean different, (laughs) literally, but like different variations of marijuana plants, you can get different products. So when they refine the marijuana plant, then they can get some of these oils from it. Uh, And so my understanding is that uh, THC would be the chemical that would actually get you high from marijuana. So to take THC would be the one that gives you the, the, uh, yeah, the high. CBD oil would be one of the products that, in my understanding, is supposed to have no side effects yeah. like getting high, but it has uh, supposed health benefits where you can, um, yeah. and in a lot of ways, I would compare it to any other essential oil where they're like, yeah, right. hey, this is a plant that we've crushed up and extracted the like oil out of it, the, the life juice out of it. Here, life take juice. This. I like that. I mean, that's basically what it is, <laughs> isn't it? So, like, yeah, the CBD oil. I've heard of that because I have a friend that. I, uh, what was his injury? Uh, anyways, let's just say it was always a knee injury, 
and he got one of the like some oil that he would actually CBD oil that he would like rub on his knee. Yeah. And he said it was like amazing. Yeah. And it like took the pain away. Yeah. And so here on the the article that I have up uh, from Healthline.com, I personally don't know the credibility of Healthline.com, but uh, the first one is that it may relieve pain. This is CBD yep. oil. Uh, and so they're saying that cannabis has been used to treat pain as far back as 2900 BC. Uh, it also could reduce symptoms related to some mental health disorders. Yeah. So that's, uh, as you can tell by that title, it's probably pretty vague and, and yeah. like a far reaching way of saying that to say it could treat a variety or, or help uh, reduce symptoms. So they're saying anxiety disorders and many and other mental health disorders can have devastating impacts. Yeah, we know that. Uh, but yeah, th- this would be able to help tr- treat some of those things. Um, and then it may alleviate certain cancer-related symptoms. Okay. Uh, may have neuroprotective properties and may benefit heart health. Yep. And then other potential benefits. It's got, yeah, a whole bunch of different things here. So basically, it's one of, it is kind of like one of those things where they would say it's a natural... Uh, product that is used to be able to help alleviate pain i think that's the main one and then some mental health uh issues can be reduced the symptoms can be reduced um i know even uh there's stories of people who struggle uh by struggle i mean they just live life where they have seizures and people have used cbd oil and that helps reduce the amount of seizures they Mm. have uh so yeah it's wide ranging so basically i think this question is uh i threw in the thc part in there because i know that a conversation around cbd oil probably most of the time would end up in like hey is thc okay as well yeah because thc would be more the if i'm understanding correctly because i can i've never done drugs so i this is all just speaking from like secondhand yeah talking with people thc would be the kind of things oh you know you have these marijuana gummies Right, and is THC the stuff that gets you high that's in them kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, THC would be the th- the chemical inside that, that yes. gets you high. So not THC is not like oh, it's just like for health benefits. It's the point is that you want to go get high. Yeah. Okay. That's my understanding. Yeah. Anyways, and so hopefully I was gonna say <laughs> maybe one of our listeners is an expert on marijuana. Hopefully not. But <laughs> I mean, if you're an expert on marijuana, that's okay. It just yeah. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that. So it's a good question. Um, so for me, I I immediately go to okay. What does scripture say um, about self control? About now, believe it or not, the Bible doesn't talk about marijuana or drugs, but it talks about wine and drunkenness and yeah. alcohol. Yeah. And um, we're never told that alcohol is bad. That drinking wine is bad. Even yeah. in the Old Testament, they use. I can't remember what the word is in Greek, but or Hebrew, but it's it. The translation is strong drink, so it's not out. It's not wine. It's yeah. like strong drink, whatever that is. Uh, back in the day, um, but it's never it's never used. Like wine itself is never used. Alcohol is never used in a negative sense. A lot of times, it's like, hey, it makes your heart glad. You rejoice in yeah. this. It's like, yeah. it's celebratory. Jesus yep. drank wine and. And I know that, you know, John MacArthur is a famous pastor who's like, no, it was just grape juice. I'm like, give me a break. It wasn't. And you yeah. can try as best as you can to explain it all away. It was wine. Yeah. And uh, they, Jesus, his first miracle is turning water into wine, like yep. gallons upon gallons upon gallons of it at a wedding. Uh, Jesus drank wine with his disciples at the Last Supper. Yeah. So nowhere in scripture are we told like wine is bad. 
alcohol is bad. Yeah. We're told over and over and over again that drunkenness is bad and not, sorry, not bad. It's a sin, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's just warnings about it. Just like there's warnings about money. Money is not bad, but oh man, be careful. Yeah. Because money can yeah. ruin your life. Yeah. Right. And same kind of thing. It's like sex, not bad, but be careful. Because yeah. if, if you, if you take anything good that God created and veer off, it just goes bad. Right. Yeah. So even, you know, just one scripture, Ephesians five, do not get drunk with wine for that's debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Um, so there's a command, you know, don't, don't go get drunk with wine, yeah, but be filled with the spirit. One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control and the definition of like drunkenness is a loss of self-control. Yep. Or I would say a, a definition of getting high or doing drugs yep, or I getting would. drunk. I lump them all under drunkenness. Yeah. Because you're just losing self control. You're yeah. blacking out. You're you don't remember what you did. It's yeah. You're uh, you're losing a fully conscious state of your mind. So you'd still be conscious, but what I'm trying to communicate is that it, it, you, when you are seeking that high or that that I don't know what you would call it with alcohol, but if you're getting like a drunk, buzz or whatever, the buzz, or, yeah, uh, you are in an altered state yeah. of your mind, and that I think is what scripture is like obviously getting at when it comes to alcohol yeah. is drunkenness is that altered state of mind where you lose self-control. You do things that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. You also are just not yourself. Yeah. And so, uh, I think the idea of CBD oil, no one that I've ever talked to who has used it is like, man, I'm going to get so high off yeah. of this prescription. It's not even prescribed. Is it? It's just over the counter. I actually I don't, don't know, know if for it's sure. But anyways, uh, no one like, so I'll give you an example. My mom suffers from, uh, uh, autoimmune disease uh, called Hashimoto's and similar to fibromyalgia, similar types of pain. Sure. And the doctor prescribed uh, CBD oil like in pill form and she took it and it just didn't work for her. Yeah. But it wasn't like, man, I can't wait to just be like high. It was yeah. like, hopefully this helps with the pain. And I would, I would uh, equate CBD oil with any other kind of medicine that you would take or more so on the lines of like the, like you said, the essential oils. Yeah. But I mean like my daughter Lucy has a cold this past week. And so my wife puts in like lotion with a few drops of, I, I don't even, I don't do that. So <laughs> whatever it was, frankincense or sure, you know, witch hazel or whatever the yeah. different oil is and rubbed it on her chest to like help her breathe. Yeah. And I, I think it's no different than that. It's like God yeah. has given us things that, it's like that help us, yep. right? If you're, if you got a headache, lots of times you'll take Tylenol or Advil yep. and we're not like, Oh, those are drugs. You're altering your state Some of consciousness. Some people probably are. Maybe. But, but I, I think for that kind of thing, it's like, if you're going to use these gifts from God, I would view them as to help with pain. Yeah. Why not? Right. You're not losing self-control yeah. when I take Tylenol for a headache. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I think that it it can get into the realm as with anything it can get into the realm of like um are you a, a slave to it? And so now what I sure. mean by that is not like if you're someone living in chronic pain using pain medication, I wouldn't necessarily say well you're a slave to that medication <laughs> yeah, so it's a yeah. sin. <laughs> what I'm saying is like if you are someone who doesn't live in chronic pain but as as soon as there's any discomfort in your life you seek to correct sure. that. Uh, then, I, then there maybe is something to look yep. into as to why why do I do that? Um, yeah. And and so if CBD oil plays a part in that, then maybe it is something to consider of why why do I do that? But again, it's 
it's something that God has given and, and we have figured out how to use, um, long time ago already to be yeah. able to alleviate pain. And so, yeah, if you've ever put ice, like if you're the kind of person to say that, no, you can't ever do anything to take away pain and you've put ice on something that's swollen, then you've got to stop doing that too. Cause yeah. the swollenness is one of the things causing your pain. So to take that down alleviates pain. So like it, you get into all of these really yeah. interesting conversations then of where yeah. do you actually draw that line of yeah. we can't use things that God has given us to help us. So here's a question. So I would say when it comes to, yeah, the CBD oil and the health benefits, I think we as Christians immediately like it comes from a marijuana plant. Ooh, Evil. Bad. But when you're like, it's not hallucinatory or whatever the yep. word is, right? It's just the health benefits of it. Okay. Yep. Uh, I would be fine if someone came to me and said, is it okay if I do this? I would go, yep. Now, when you get into the other part, the THC and the mm. the effects of the hallucinatory aspects of it or like the getting high aspects, um, I, would I would lump that in with the same warnings in the Bible about drunkenness. But it was interesting. So I'll give you a scenario because um, marijuana is legal now. Yes. Right. Yep. And I know years ago when I would have conversations with teens or young adults and we would argue, I said, okay, but baseline, it's illegal. Yeah. Right. So we can talk about, but it's illegal. So if you do it, you're breaking the law. Right. Yeah. And that was always a good fallback if yeah. they were like, no, I think it's fine. Blah, blah, blah. But now in it's our country, uh, you can just, we have like five cannabis stores in our city or whatever it is. Yeah. I can just go walk in and buy it. Right? Have you ever noticed that like our main street in our town, yeah. which is supposed to be like our like, hey, welcome to Fort St. John. Yeah. We're awesome. Revitalization. <laughs> yeah. And there's like marijuana store after marijuana store on that. Oh, it's funny. Anyways. So I, I had a conversation with a guy, a young adult at our last church. And he. Uh, How long has that been legal in Canada now? Do you remember? Uh, it was after Trudeau. Yeah. Then. So Trudeau has been in power for uh, eight years, nine years, something like that. In that ballpark. So I'd say at least the last five years, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. It's been a while. So um, uh, so this was before it was legal, but me and uh, I had a conversation with this young adult because he had smoked pot a few times with his friends. And I just said, like, what are you doing? But he said, uh, it's the same as if I would go out and have two beers with my buddies. He's like, it's the same amount of highness I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Right. If I go have a, two beers with my friends and we would say like, oh, it's okay to have a beer or two occasionally with your friends. He's like, why is this any different? Yeah. And, and that, in that day and age, as we talk back and forth, I just thought like, I'm not going to convince this guy. So I was like, okay, but buddy, it's illegal. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, yeah, I guess you're right. But what yeah. do we say now to Christians who go, okay, it's legal for me to go and buy a joint at the cannabis store. Why is that any different than me going to the liquor store and having uh, a beer at night or a, a glass of wine? Yeah. I don't know. What would you say to that? Oh, man. I have thoughts, but I'll let I, you. So I have thoughts and this is tough because I'm not like I personally have never smoked marijuana or or taken any products with THC in them. Um, and so some of these things, I guess I would admit come off of like assumptions off of how these things work. Sure. Uh, but to my understanding, there is, and, and someone, yeah, if, if we're wrong, you can send us emails and let us know. And I don't mind correcting myself. Even if I find stuff afterwards, I don't mind coming back yeah. on the podcast and saying, Hey, we were wrong about this. Yeah. Uh, but to my understanding, it takes not a ton of THC to start into that 
um, euphoric state that you would get yeah. from marijuana or that, that is advertised with THC products. I think that's where the danger comes in of using THC. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol in general, I mean, people have different tolerance levels yep. depending on their metabolism, the size of their body, all those things. Yeah. Uh, but you can intake, especially if it's something like beer, you can intake a fair amount. And technically, yes, from the start of intake to the end, your body would be slowly digesting it, metabolizing it, which would make it so that you are feeling the effects of it from yeah. the first sip. Uh, but that effect seems to take hold slower uh, and not like until you've had a fair amount, it doesn't alter you in the same way that THC does. Yeah. Um, I think more than that, though, I think uh, I would point more so to the like, again, the reason why it's yeah, being that's used. Good. Yeah. Um, because, yes, you can make the argument like it's the same as having a couple of beers. But what what would be the reason behind that? And and put the the other stuff right up against it so that you're not just putting that aside. Yeah. Uh, but what's the reason? So are you? I think in our culture there is an element of I'm going to I'm going to use this product to kind of escape the stresses totally. of the day. I'm yep. going to use this product to escape my feelings about yep. this and just relax. I'm going to. And so, yeah, I, I would say that there, there maybe is cases where someone who suffers from severe anxiety might benefit from using medication to, to, to alleviate some of those symptoms. But I would put on there a caveat of saying if they intend to actually start dealing with that. Sure. And in, in my opinion, to just use them steadily is something that is another conversation maybe. But when it comes to something like THC, if you're using those products as that way of escape and that's your go-to to escape, then I would argue that that is something that would be sinful instead of actually instead of actually trusting the Lord with those things and turning to him and turning to wise counsel from your friends and stuff. If you're turning to marijuana products to forget your problems for the evening so that you can yeah. do it all over again the next day. I and and it's re- repetitive there's not just like an instance where you you do it then I would argue that there's issue there and the reason I say that is cuz we would say that about any anything else as well yeah. uh, if I go home and all I do is play video games so yes. that I can forget about the stresses of my life yeah Video games aren't inherently bad, no. but if I go home and play hours upon hours of video games to disassociate from the world around me and the stresses around me and I end up letting my family falter because of it, I end up letting, you know, yeah, yeah. you get the idea, yep. alcohol, whatever you want to throw in there, we would say something isn't right there. Yeah. So I think if you're using THC products with that in mind, uh, then there's some questions to be asking yourself about these things and, yeah. and maybe conversations that can be had with people around you who love you and care about you and won't uh, condemn you for yeah. being human and having to wrestle through stuff, uh, but who will encourage you to to look to Christ. Um, yeah. And th- then I, I would say, again, in my understanding uh, and from the small amount of research that I've done into it, it does seem to take less. So whenever you're playing with something that can alter your state of mind like you said scripture always talks about alcohol as like a hey this is a good thing like makes the heart glad even paul tells timothy to use some to help him with his stomach yeah uh but there's there is there seems to be a window in there between complete sobriety and then drunkenness and there's a window in there for different people it sure it's a different size but you can kind of sit in that window where you've consumed some but you are not in an altered state yeah entirely yeah um 
that that would be my yeah my for me it comes down to like motivation so for marijuana let's just use that example because uh no one i've ever met that has smoked marijuana or that has a a problem with it goes like oh man i just love the taste of it i just can't wait to like enjoy Mm. it it's i want to get high yeah yeah so uh to me you're you're playing in a completely different ballpark because i when i uh go buy a bottle of wine to have uh, a glass of wine with my wife i don't go to the liquor store going man i can't wait to get tanked tonight yeah. no i know some people do yeah and that would also be sinful yeah but i go oh i wonder like what what flavor we should get that would yeah. go good with this steak and like i like the taste of it yeah right and i have a glass to enjoy with my food so the motivation is not, I want to get drunk tonight. The motivation is, I'm going to enjoy the taste of this delicious wine yeah. or beer or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So for me, it's a motivation thing because I don't, I could be wrong, but I've never met anyone who's like, I just love the way marijuana smells. It smells that I, I have met people that love the way it oh smells. Oh man, it smells yeah. awful. It smells like a dead skunk. <laughs> uh, we, we In our last house, the, the people who are neighbors behind us, smoked pot all the time and it was like every time our kids would be like oh it smell is is there a dead animal out here yeah. and we would just go inside because it stinks yeah. but but I, I think the the motivation is not like the same it's yeah. i want to get high yeah i want to feel the high of smoking marijuana yeah so already i'm like you're starting in my opinion in a place of like I want drunkenness. I want to go get drunk. Yeah. Uh, and people who drink alcohol can, there are people who can go to the liquor store and go like, I want to get drunk. That's sinful. I think that mindset. Yeah. But it's different for me when I'm like, Oh, we're having our neighbors over. Oh, and I'm having this prime rib roast. I should go buy a nice bottle of wine to like go with it. That'd be great. That'd be a great thing to do. Not so that let's all get drunk together. Um, so that for me is the biggest difference. And I tried to explain that to this young adult, uh, but for him, he just saw it as the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's I'm going to have a beer with my friends or I'm going to smoke a joint with them. But I went, but like, so we've gone out for beer before. Yeah. Right. And we go to my piece and we have a beer and I actually really enjoy just visiting with you and yeah. catching up. And we talk theology and we talk questions of life and the beer tastes good. It's great. Yeah. And then we go home. Right. Like. I've never once said, "Hey, Corley, you want to go get loaded?" Like, yeah. it's just like that's not our motivation for yeah. it. For right? us, it, for yeah, I could I could see where someone would see them as similar because I think not all the time, but I think it can be a social thing to go and and use guess marijuana so. yep. products. Yep. Um, and so I people. Uh, I don't know. I've heard the term thrown around before too. Of I'm a social drinker. Like I don't drink right. unless I'm with people, and I. I can see where that, that, um, it's almost like it, it's viewed as a tool to be able to, this is my like social crutch. I'm, I'm accepted. Yeah. I'm okay to be around you guys because I do this. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I think that there is something with marijuana products that specifically do bring on a high yeah. and, the, and the mindset behind why you use that. Um, cause the, yeah, again, to use CBD oil, if it does relieve anxiety and stuff, and it has none of the effects of getting you intoxicated because of it, then, then to use that product, I'm like, okay, yeah. like that's, that's one thing. Um, but to use a product that does have the intoxicating effects and it happens more rapidly. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. 
there's there's danger there. And that's yeah, that's why the Bible just gives such good cautions around that, like around sex, around money, around alcohol. Because of our sinfulness, it's so easy to take a good thing and just make it an idol. Yeah. And then it's a vice and a crutch and it's it destroys your life, right? So I know Christians that I really respect that they've just said because of its devastating effects, uh, we're just not going to have alcohol. And I'm like, I really respect that. Yeah. Uh, like my mom, um, her dad was an alcoholic and was just awful and oh, man. died related to that. Yeah. And so growing up, it was like, we do not have alcohol in the house ever. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to go, oh, mom, like, yep. why can't we just have freedom in Christ? It's just like, I get it. Yeah. And it, my life was not any worse because, right? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And even um, now as adults, when we go home, like, when I go to visit, I don't, hey, I brought a bottle of water because that's just so rude yep. to my mom, right? Yep. Who's seen the devastating effects of it, right? Yeah. And when my parents come to visit, uh, we just don't have alcohol in the house. Yeah. So I think that's one, um, Romans talks about that, like not making your brother to stumble. Yeah. So like, let's say you, uh, are a recovering alcoholic. I wouldn't say, Hey, Colin, do you want to go to mighty peace tonight and get a beer? Yeah. That would just be so dumb Yeah. and not helpful. I yeah. would go, let's go to Starbucks Absolutely. and get a coffee. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just using the freedom that you have in Jesus, but using it wisely. Yeah. And a good test would be um, if you feel like I just need it, then it's a problem. Yeah. Right. If it's just kind of like, yeah. I just need, I feel like I need to have beer in the house. I think then it's a problem. Then, then right. To ask questions. Yeah. Why? To go, why do I feel like I need that? Or like uh, every day I have to get home and have a beer to unwind. Okay. Yeah. That might be a problem. Yeah. It, it would, like you said, I'm glad you brought that up. It'd be like saying every night I go home and I have to play three hours of video games to unwind. <sighs> that might be a problem. Yeah. Right. Like it's not that it in of itself it's, is wrong, but is it becoming this idol in your life that yeah. you must have? Like that's that's yeah. where the line so gets I, crossed. I think one of the other things is Christians. I think sometimes because after a conversation like this, where you and I would sit on the same page of THC products are not okay to use because of the effects. I think sometimes Christians can then group again, the whole marijuana plant or any strand of it evil. It's bad. Yeah. Right. It's not what Andrew and I are saying. Yeah. Um, it, it can be used for lots. I mean, for crying out loud, there's hemp paper like the yeah. hemp grows faster than trees it you can make paper out of it so are you sinning if you use paper that's made from hemp i would say no but there are christians i know that because of the stigma that's around it don't don't get that i i think that it is a part of god's creation and god created all things and they are good but that doesn't mean that you can't do wrong by using them yeah there are plants that are poisonous if you dip something in them and eat it off of that stick that you have taken the poison off of you die yeah was that a good use of that plant (laughs) no yeah right right and all of us would see that but we'd all also look at the plant and say that's amazing that god has designed that to be able to to do that so that's how i try to look at thc uh, or marijuana plant sorry uh, like as a whole is it's a good thing that God has created, but that doesn't mean that in our world, there isn't ways that we can use that that would yep. lead us to sin or be sinful in using it. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, I if you need to use CBD oil, you have Andrew's approval. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would say one last thing: the argument that like, well, it's not illegal is a bad argument because there's lots of things in our world that aren't illegal that are still very bad for you, right? Yeah. So I know that that became the conversation, whatever, five years ago when all of a sudden, oh, marijuana is legal. Should we do it now? Yeah, which fair enough. It's a fair question. Yeah, but ask. just to know, just because the government says something's legal to do doesn't always mean that it's beneficial. It's like Paul all says, right? lawful, like, all things no. are lawful, but it's not actually beneficial for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that actually brings me to uh, in Hebrews, it's chapter 12 where it's, we have such a great cloud of witness said, right? Yeah. yeah, and he says to lay aside every... Weight and sin. Yes. And then if you, you've ever listened to the little sermon jam by John Piper, John Piper, I can just hear him like ringing in my head. Not just sin. Yeah. Every like weight. lay aside every weight that encumbers, yeah. so easily encumbers us on this yeah. race. And that's hard. Like I know that sometimes when you listen to people talking about these things from a, a position of like pastor or anything like that, you can look and think like, oh man. You're right, and it, it can it can sometimes feel like, oh, shoot, like they know how to do that. And trust me, this is something Andrew and I are still working on. Dawn is still working on. Any pastor that you have is still working on learning to lay aside every single weight. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard. Yeah. So. And then if you ever want to gift me a bottle of wine, <laughs> I like Merlot or a nice cab. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, <laughs> So hopefully that's helpful, at least to get kind of your thoughts going. But uh, yeah, do, we'll do you move feel on. like you need that gift of wine, or is it no? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Second question: Does the Bible have anything to say about raising your kids to be able to leave your home? How do Christians raise their kids? Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on that or is that pretty much, did I get it? I, I think that gets it, but I'll elaborate a little bit sure. just for, I, I don't know, so that we can try and have a picture to be talking about kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I think the idea is that there are families out there, there are parents out there um, who really struggle to let go of their adult uh -huh. children. Yeah. Um, and when I say adult children, I just mean their kids who have grown up to be adults. Uh as someone who has now a child and is expecting another, I'm, I know, announce it on the podcast for the first time if people don't know. Yes, Aaron my, and myself are, well, not my, well, yeah, I guess I'm expecting it too. It, <laughs> um, yeah. So we have a child already and I can admit like the thought of letting her go when she's an adult, she's been around. Give us. it a few years, man. I can't wait. You can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. Boom. Um, like, right, Oliver's almost four. We got like 14 years left. That's, no, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but there are days when I yeah, thought that. <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it. But yeah, right now, I can't imagine letting, like, the thought of letting her go out and live on her own or the thought of her getting married and going and, yeah. and being entrusted to someone else right now is something that I'm like, like, yeah. incredibly hard to think about even. So yeah. I, I don't blame parents for getting to that point. But I think the idea is that there are... Uh, parents out there that are, 
I think the wording that I would use is almost manipulative of their adult children to say like, oh, no, you can't do that. So it's almost to the extent of like mom and dad still do their laundry for them because don't worry, I'll, I'll yeah, do that yeah. for you. Yep. Um, oh, you couldn't go out to that event kind of thing, like making the decisions of like where these adults go yeah. and the adults in that then because they've been raised in that for so long, maybe don't recognize that they're in that. Yeah. Um, and so then what ends up happening is the adult just continues to live with their parents. Yeah. Um, so this is an interesting conversation, I think, because culturally speaking, that is, would be considered strange that, uh, a, an adult would continue to live with their parents and their parents would continue, like they would operate as a family unit. Culturally, that's a really weird thing. Do you think so? I think there's lots of kids who live in their parents' basement in their 25, 30s. I know that there's a lot, but if you look at the, at least from what I or would like guess. What, the expectations of. The expectations, but not only that, I think that if you were to just do numbers, I haven't ever studied the numbers, yeah. but if you look at how many people do move out into their own, I would I would guess that the number is higher that people move out to live on their own, still Maybe. connected to yeah. their families, but I don't, and I'm not saying that there aren't people that no, choose yeah, to yeah. do that. Uh, but that's why this conversation is interesting is because there are, I would argue that there are cases where adult children living with their parents isn't wrong or weird at all. Like it, life sure. circumstances can bring that about. Um, I mean, <laughs> even, uh, even my wife and I have joked lots about like, man, if we ever can't afford our mortgage, whose parents are we going to move? In yeah. Now? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> so, so, and, and to be able to move in and help, like we'd be super thankful that they'd be yeah. like, we know that either of our parents would be willing to have us come and live with them for a season before we could move back out. Yeah. Um, so again, there's life circumstances where this is not a wrong thing at all. Sure. I think more so the conversation, the question is, is, I'm trying to point it more so at the parents that don't let their kids have yeah. that decision to move out. Um, maybe not even today. On, the focus is not on the kids themselves or the adults themselves that aren't making the choice to move out, but more so on the parents. How do we raise our kids so that they're able to make good decisions? Yeah. How do we, how do we raise, how do we trust God that our mm -hmm. children will make good decisions? How, like that's the conversation. I think that this question is pointed towards. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the ideal, uh, I, I just, it reminds me of Genesis 2, where it says, and then Paul quotes it in Ephesians 5, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. There's like a, there's an expectation that the parent-child relationship is really important, but at some point, it actually becomes second important to yeah. the husband-wife relationship and that would be in a marriage if you're single does that apply? yeah yeah so i'm just using this yep. idea of marriage that the idea the, it seems to be that a guy leaves his mother and father yeah goes and finds a wife and holds fast to her not to his mom and dad anymore right that there's like this switch um now uh, our north american culture has created young adulthood which never existed in the yep. history of the world and yep. still doesn't exist in other places in the world where it's like you're not quite ready to be an adult yet yeah just kind of ease into it and now young adulthood's like till you're in your 30s right and back in the day it was like uh you're an adult when you're 13 or whatever yeah it is, in, Ju right? in jewish tradition you had your bar mitzvah which was at 13 years yeah, old and, and the women had it i think it was at 14 and sure. it's your bat mitzvah. And, and even today there's parts of the world where it's like well you're a man now and you yeah. got to work and you got to provide and yeah um all right so one part 
of I it drives me crazy about our culture because I think on one hand we've coddled a whole generation being like oh life is hard and uh, you don't have to be an adult yet wait till you're in your 30s and then on the other hand I get it because life is hard but not really compared to the rest of the world we have it pretty easy over in here. North America yeah. so I think one aspect is is that we've done this to ourselves by lowering the bar for yeah. what we expect from people yep. growing up. Um, so I'll give you it. Like when I, uh, back in, back in my day, back right? when I was a boy, back when I was a kid, I mean, I moved out when I was 17 cause, uh, mm. the, the expectation was like, you're done high school. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. And my parents in so many words didn't write out, say it, but was like, it's time for you to leave. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to stay, you need to get a job and you need to pay for rent and food yeah. and contribute because you're not going to just be a freeloader. It was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, we lived in Ontario. And so at 17, I uh, flew across the country to go to school in BC and just kind of started like, okay, I'm going to try and be an adult now. I mean, university life is not, it's you're in a bubble still of like, (laughs) but then it was like, I got to find a job and uh, during the summer and I got to find a place to live during the summer because I can't live in the dorms in the summer. And it's just kind of like, yeah. You know, and but yet my parents still helped because it was like, Mom, Dad, I need to find a job. I don't have any money to buy a car to get me to. Okay, we'll give you a loan. You can go buy a car. You got to pay us back. Okay. So it wasn't like you're cut off forever. Yeah. And then I remember there there was one summer uh, that I moved back home for the four months uh, when my parents lived in Revelstoke in between years of school. And it was like. Did they charge you rent? uh, I believe. Uh, I think the the deal was like if you have a full time job that you're saving money for school, you don't have to pay rent. Okay. For these four yep. months. Sure. But if you're just coming back and you don't get a job, then you need to pay rent or get out. It was kind of like a. Yeah. I think they said like because you're working full time to pay for school, we won't charge you rent. Yeah. And I did. I worked uh, in a factory job full time, twelve hour shifts. Yeah. Just trying to work. Basically, just slept at my parents' house for the summer, yep. trying to make money. Um. So, I mean, all that to say is I think that, you know, there's this expectation that you grow up, you leave your parents' house yeah. and you go and you be an adult. And for for the vast majority of people, it's finding a spouse yep. eventually and then starting a family of your own, right? Yeah. But I think, I don't know, North America is weird because we just have this, I think, you know, the average age of getting married is being put, it's like 28, 29, 30. Yeah, it Lots is of people back. are waiting, waiting, waiting. And so you're in this like... I'm done high school at 18. Uh, so now I have all these years. What do I do? Like, yeah. And so I think that's contributing to this problem of like, you know, boys who can shave. I use that. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't think the Bible gives any specifics about like the goal is that your children move out of your house. I don't age 18 because even culturally the families live together all in the same place and you all farm together or you did your, business together yeah and you didn't move away right often often even if you did get married there was just an addition put on the place that you lived already yeah so that you could live it was actually like the industrial revolution that made it like oh now i move away to work in a different factory yeah that's when it that's so that's a new phenomenon and new ish yeah in the the last 300 years or whatever yeah because it was like you live and you do you you get married and you have your own house and your own kids but you're still working with your extended yeah. family. And even the fact that back then they worked very much so like hand to mouth kind of thing. So as they work, 
they had to work every day for yeah. what they had that day. Yeah. And and now in our culture we don't do that. We work so that in days ahead we will have things. Yeah. And that just wasn't there before. Yeah. Um. So I. So I think there's like when you talk about raising kids, I think there's the Bible does talk about like training them up, raising them up. Right. Proverbs 22 is the classic one. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he won't depart from it. Yeah. But it's like it doesn't go into really any more details. Yeah. Even in Deuteronomy, it talks about teaching your kids day and night about the things of the Lord. Yeah. Right. Teach them the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Right. Love your neighbors yourself. Put this on your doorpost. Talk about it when you're walking. Talk about it while you're eating. Like even like Ephesians six children, obey your parents in the Lord, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and live long in the land. Fathers, don't provoke your children, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there's two things there. There's the discipline of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord. So what I think ultimately, biblically, the Bible says, like, train your children to love Jesus. Yeah. That's the most important. Love God and love others. Yeah. Instruct them how to obey God. But then the Bible doesn't give us a, but a whole lot. Yeah. I shouldn't say a whole lot out. But, like, that's the main thing the Bible There's says. There's no guidelines of how no. to get your kid to move out of your house. How do I get my kid to move out of my house? Yeah. Um, I And this is why I think the conversation is is with this question is specifically pointed to parents on like how do we like in our culture it is kind of a normal thing expected that at some point in their early adulthood that they would move away from your house still be in contact with your family hopefully uh, but they would move out of their house and start a life of their own yeah and so i think that as christians a good place to start is raising your kid to know the lord yeah like and and that's still their choice if they want to to follow him or not. But to raise him, raise your children so that they know the Shema, so that they yeah. know how to love the Lord their God. That is of the utmost importance. Because yeah. even if they live in a nice house or not, at the end of the day, that is going to be the thing that yeah. matters. Uh, but then after that, I think that there is different families can handle it differently. I think where it gets, uh, there can be. El- elements of sin or there can just be sin is when parents are um unwilling to let a child go and will do things to keep them around them that's where i think then there is is a question on the parents motive uh because anytime there's manipulation for someone's will there's there needs to be question asked do you think it's because parents make kids their idol I think in North America, yeah, we live vicariously through our children. I can't let my kids go because they're my whole world. And, uh, and then, yeah, it's like, I don't know. We idolized our, our kids. We should have brought Emily in for this conversation or Dawn because they've had kids actually leave the house. We're experts. That's true. Maybe we'll have another, we should have a follow up episode with like empty nesters to be like, uh, we won't put them on the spot. Hey, come <laughs> in and uh, talk to us right now. Maybe that would be good. Uh, another good conversation to talk with empty nesters. How did yeah. you transition from having all your kids at home to having none of your kids at home? Yeah. Cause your mom and dad are in that stage right now. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think, yeah, the Bible doesn't give specifics, uh, or even that that's the ultimate goal that your kids move yeah. out. Yep. Okay. But I, but I think it's healthy. Yeah. That you want your kids to be uh, adults and to be, like you said, above all, love Jesus, love others. But you want them to fear the Lord, uh, ha- yeah. have independence. Yeah. Uh, 
to be, to be able to provide and have responsibility and carry, you know, the weight of responsibility themselves rather yeah. than, I yeah. mean, I think those are all good things to go. Like, I don't want my, my kids when they're 35 to be bringing me laundry to do. I should, I should be able to teach them how to do that. Right. Yeah. To have independence and then yeah. to care for others and to yeah. that kind of thing. I, I've definitely been around young adults where when uh, we go somewhere that's new to them and they're like, oh man, I have no idea how to use the laundry machine. And it's like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's maybe something that we should like. So I think uh, one of the things you can do early on is teach your kids like responsibility, practical life skills and responsibility. Well, even, yeah, just like, that. yeah, just saying like you, you need to learn how to take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. So like our daughter, our oldest daughter is almost 10 and it's like, we're teaching her, here's how to do your laundry. Oh, yeah. my clothes are dirty. Well, go clean them. Yeah. Right. Like, and you, like you're able to do that. Right? Yeah. Like, right. It's not and a, then like teaching how to, how do you do dishes? I even had a conversation with Lucy about like taxes. Yeah. How do taxes work? Cause we're talking about, Oh, we got to yeah. wait till our tax return comes <clears throat> to like book some stuff for our sabbatical. And she's like, what is a tax return? So I had to explain it without getting mad. Well, you see, the <laughs> government steals money from me. No, I was like... Just to give some of it back. <laughs> and then we, because we're like little rats who like getting rewarded, we think that the government's rewarding us, but it's actually money that I already own. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, like just trying to have those conversations where you're teaching them yeah. independence and yeah. here's responsibility and... My wife is uh, amazing. So she's, uh, so, you know, yeah, we're going on sabbatical in uh, 32 days. <laughs> but um, wanted to get the kids to like earn money for sabbatical because yeah. they're like, oh, when we're on sabbatical, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this. And in my mind, I'm like, no, you and what money? <laughs> I'm going to buy this. So we're like, actually, on sabbatical, if you want to buy anything, you have to earn your own money. So my wife created this whole like chore system. With Monopoly money. Nice. And then Monopoly money equals, you know, $10,000 of Monopoly money is $20 real money or whatever and it is. each task will give them $3. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because they, uh, we've told them like, uh, we're not going to constantly be holding your hand. Yep. You have a choice to make yep. to do these chores. Yeah. And then... It's funny because it's like then it comes to I think Molly made like one day of the month is like the store is open and you can exchange your money. And I remember there was one. It was either Lucy or Ruby that it was just like, oh, I don't have enough monopoly money to exchange it. I'm like, that is your fault. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you have to decide. Go yeah. clean the toilet and you'll get 10 monopoly dollars yeah. or whatever. And so I I think that systems like that can be really helpful. I know oftentimes like I can hear it in the back of my head where Christians would say that teaches like workspace capitalism oh workspace righteousness yeah because you you work for a reward and that's how you get on good standings totally. and you get things that you want and i i would argue that no that's because you i know you and i know that you teach your kids the gospel accurately nope every time i i'm I say, when i hand them the monopoly money i say remember this is what jesus did for you <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm just kidding but i think that to um whether you like him or not, I would argue that Jordan Peterson has some really good advice on raising kids. And he, oh, talks, totally. he talks a lot about a f the few things that stick out to me are uh, teaching, trying to teach parents to let your kids take risks. Yes, because totally. Because that's how humans learn how to interact with the world. So to let your kids learn how to interact with a system where they have to work to get... Uh, 
reward that can then let them continue on to do things that they either want to do or need to yeah. do. I mean, most of us, not all of us, but most of us have jobs. And if you don't have a job, you're getting money from people who do have jobs. So like th there is a, a yeah. level of we do this to be able to either give to other people or we do this to, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, that's just the world we live in. If you choose to say no to that, you're not going to, when I say make it very far, I don't mean status wise. No. I just mean like literally you won't be yeah. able to pay for food. Yeah. And there are services to do that, but those services are provided by people that are doing yeah. that. Right. So it is, it's that whole idea of teaching your kids to actually live in the world that we live yeah. in, but ultimately to love God. And yeah. that I think is a healthy thing is to yeah. teach your kids. And to I do think that. when he talks about the, the instruction and discipline of the Lord, there's the Bible talks lots about working hard. Yeah. Being generous with your money. Yep. Uh, the pro read Proverbs it talks about not being lazy. Yeah. It talks about actually like putting in a hard day's work. I think that's included in the instruction of the Lord. Right. Yeah. So when we get our kids to do chores and, you know, you weed the garden and, okay, I pulled two weeds and uh, can I stop? It's like, no, we need to work hard because yeah. the Bible commands us. Don't be lazy. Right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there's no specific uh, instruction in, you know, Second Corinthians that says, here's how to make sure your adult kids move out. But the, the discipline and the instruction of the Lord will teach them, yeah. right? Here's how you fear the Lord. Here's how you're generous. Here's yeah. how you work hard. Here's how you take responsibility. Here's a, So if you do those things, yeah. but like you said, I don't want to, I just want to end with like, I don't want the guilt trip to be like, if you're listening and your adult kid lives at home, it's not like you're a failure. No. Because like you said, there are certain circumstances that all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, the options are go to the homeless shelter or live with my mom and dad. Like, go live with your mom and dad. If your mom and dad will let you live right? with your it's mom and not, dad. It's not, don't view it as like you are now the most ultimate failure ever. No. The ideal is, yeah, do that. But there's circumstances that can prevent you from doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's it's a complex thing. Uh, but that's where, again, the heart of the, the question is like the heart behind why you're staying home instead of... Um, Instead of the fact that you're staying home. Yeah. I know for myself in my own life experience, I actually moved out. I was probably a little bit older than you than when I moved out because I would have graduated. I worked for a little bit and then I moved to Grand Prairie and moved in with an aunt and an uncle and right. lived with them. Uh, but I was there for like three months and then I came back and lived with my parents again. Yeah. Uh, until I moved out with some really awesome young men from the church here. And I remember there's a few stages in, in my life where I started recognizing that... Um, I wasn't married at the time, but there was starting to be this idea of like, I, I, I don't know how to say it. Maybe this will sound really corny cause I'm still young and whatnot, but there was an element where it was like, I, you know, mom and dad, I think I know how to like, you've taught me these things already. I know mm. how to do this. I don't, I don't need, I don't need you guys here cause you've done your job in yeah. teaching me these things. So a, a couple of good examples is I remember there was a, Mom, if you're listening to this, I know that it'll be a, a story that you're maybe like, oh boy, like, why are you sharing that? But it was one for me that <laughs> kind of helped me realize like, oh, like there can be health in starting to make some of these decisions for myself. Uh, and so I remember there was one night I was playing video games late at night yeah. uh, and it was a work night. And I remember my mom came into my room. I was 19 years old. Uh, so even in the province of BC where we live considered an adult and, yeah. and even in my responsibilities, like I was out of school already, I was, yep. I was working, I was paying rent to my parents. Like I was an adult. Uh, 
And I remember she came into my room and was like, Corland, it's X time at the night. You need to go to bed. And I remember like it, it hit me wrong. I was like, mom, mom, I'm, I'm an adult. Like you treat me like an adult in every single aspect. I, I'd have no issue if you come and remind me that it's getting late. Cause back then, yeah, I would play late into the night if I didn't realize what time it was. So I was like, I have no issue with you yeah. reminding me it's a work night. <laughs> I have no issue with you reminding that I should probably get some sleep. That's, that's fine and dandy, but I don't, I don't know that it's appropriate if you're treating me like an adult in every other aspect to come and put your son to bed because it's time to go to bed. Yeah. It was a really awkward conversation to have. I like there was, yeah. Anyone who's had conversations like that or who, if you're a parent or a, a son or a daughter thinking of having conversations like that, they're awkward to navigate. It's hard to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But I know that after that point there was elements where I was like, Oh, like she respected that. And so there was elements for me where it's like, Oh, she actually does trust me to make these decisions. Yeah. Yep. And it actually helped me grow in those areas. And yeah, I've talked to her about it and it was hard to know what to do in those scenarios. Yeah. Uh, but then I do remember when I actually did move out with my roommates, I think for myself, that was one of the best things that I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I was able to then start living in the world and my, I'm, I'm super, super blessed and, and thankful and grateful that I had parents that I could go and talk to about life still, yep. even though I moved out. Yep. Uh, but to move out and have different people's perspectives and be like encounter the world where I had Christian roommates and were able to like talk about things and be like, oh, your family is very different than my family. Right. And start recognizing things where, oh, maybe my family didn't do like maybe that wasn't a normal thing for a family yeah. to do. But then also to see it in other families where you're like, ah, I don't know that that was necessarily healthy either. I feel like it was the best way I could say it is I feel like roommates really helped me get ready for when I got married because I was able to recognize that families are different. And yeah. we can all say that we know that. But until you live with people who have been raised in different families, right? it's hard to actually understand how different yeah. families are. Totally. So, yeah. If you're a kid, well, not a kid. If you are a young adult, a legitimate young adult, like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old thinking a of moving A legitimate out. young adult. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, 30 is not all that young uh, of an... I'm 26 and I don't feel like a young no. adult anymore. Yeah. I don't... I, I know that... Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yep. <laughs> it's good. Well... We we should definitely do a follow up though, where we invite parents who have had I think that's kids a good idea. move Just out to have and a, talk about an empty nester conversation. Yeah, that would be really good. And how to let your kids go, but also how to be parents. Like, how does that look? I like it. Maybe that's one we can do while you're on sabbatical. Sure. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this has been episode 109. Hopefully, that's been uh, helpful. And if you do have follow up uh, questions or you want to, yeah ask different questions, please reach out to us. We would love to answer them. So thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time.